0: So I'd like to offer some instructions for one of the main ways that loving-kindness metta practice is done. We'll, We'll do a guided practice together and then we'll have a little bit of time before we break for lunch for any questions that have come up over the course of the morning or about the, uh, the practice that we'll do in a, in a few moments. Just out of curiosity, how many people here have done loving-kindness practice before? Okay, almost everyone, okay. So um, there are many ways to do loving-kindness practice, and we'll, we'll experiment with, with some. Today, we're gonna focus on loving-kindness practice. Uh, tomorrow, we'll do a little bit of loving-kindness practice, but then also explore compassion and uh, uh, empathetic joy. And then on Sunday, we'll explore equanimity and forgiveness practice. So the idea with these practices, there there are two kind of core parts. One is that... um, we're inclining the mind, we're aiming our intention towards this, towards a specific quality in the heart. Now, what's distinct about this is that we're not trying to feel something. It's not about feeling a certain emotion, it's about the intentionality. If it were about feeling an emotion, this practice would be either really hard or just incredibly frustrating. <laughs> because who can, who can feel something, you know, at will? So, but we can have an intention. We can point our mind in a certain way. And so these practices are about, about pointing the mind. And so, th- so one core part of them is about, it's about finding that inner orientation. And for each of us, one of the explorations of these practices is seeing, how do I remember that quality? How have I experienced kindness before? Warmth, friendship, goodwill. Where have I known that quality in my life? In in just a simple way, not in some grand, amazing way. But just in a very simple way. And then so we it's like finding finding that tune, almost like you're like trying to remember the melody of a song. And you listen until you find that that angle, that thread inside, says, Oh yeah, that's right, just this sense of goodwill, kindness, friendship, warmth. Whether we feel it or not, there's the memory of that intention or that space of receiving or offering with another human being. So that's one, that's one part, is finding that. And then, I said there were two, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand it to three. <laughs> so, then, so one is finding it. And the next part is actu- is actively cultivating it coming back to it again and again and again. And this is the aspect of these practices that are actually a, a, a kind of concentration, a steadying practice, because we keep coming back to the same thing again and again. We keep coming back to that intentionality of kindness, or if it's one of the other practices, the, that the other quality of compassion or joy or balance in the mind. And we and and that means that it's a process, right? Because we find it, we come back to it, then we lose it, and you have to find it again, and then come back to it. Okay. The third aspect is is beginning to then um, share and expand the uh, the range of 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 the range within which we're sharing that quality. So it's very easy maybe sometimes to feel warmth and care for our friends or our family, people we're close to. And maybe it's harder to feel it for strangers or for people who we don't like or people who we have difficulties with uh, or just, you know, even people we've never met. So the, the third aspect of these practices is that sense of the, the measureless, limitless quality that part of what gives these qualities their strength is that they're, in their purest form, they're unconditional. They don't pick and choose. And that they move us beyond that small sense of self. And so that traditionally is done by slowly expanding the uh, circle of people with whom we share these qualities. So traditionally, loving-kindness practice is done, you start where it's easiest. And all of these practices are done this way. This is why these are resilience practices, because they're meant to build upon our strengths. They're not meant to be really challenging and hard. The instructions are to do the practice in a way in which your body is really comfortable and at ease. So when we do these practices, if you feel uncomfortable or pain, shift your posture. This is different than mindfulness practice. We're trying to support a sense of well-being in the body and in the mind and in the heart. So we start where it's easiest. So sharing a sense of care and warmth, maybe, um, with uh, like a grandparent, a teacher or mentor. For some people, it might be like um, a niece or nephew, or even a pet, someone who, when you think about them, they make you smile naturally, easily. So we start where it's easiest, and then from there, gather momentum and slowly begin to extend. We offer kindness to a friend. We offer kindness to ourself. We offer kindness to somebody who we don't have much of a relationship with, someone who's considered neutral. We don't like them, we don't dislike them, maybe the, the, post, the postman or... Checkout person at the grocery store, maybe someone here in the weekend who, uh, you know, you don't have strong feelings for either way. Someone who's just kind of in the middle, and then and then extending beyond that to someone who we have difficulty with, or uh, um, and then even moving beyond that to uh, different uh, groups of beings: all humans, all creatures all beings in different directions, to the north and the south and the east and the west and above and below, and getting very expansive to eventually include all beings everywhere, limitless. So this is the trajectory. So that's the third part, is slowly expanding. One of the images that's used in the commentaries that I find so beautiful is it's like a um, uh, picture a river or a stream, that that spills over into a a pool. And uh, that pool of water slowly fills up. And only when that pool of water is full does it start to spill over down into the next pool and down into the next pool. And so this is the understanding of this third part of the practice of the categories, is that we, we wait until we're full before beginning to move on to the next category. So, you know, this, these practices can be done for weeks at a time on retreat, where you really just deepen in one aspect. So we'll, we'll kind of explore different, different dimensions of it, but keep in mind this sense of, um, of ease, and not pushing, and letting things gather on their own. Okay, so maybe that's enough as a way of introduction. So once again, I invite you to sit comfortably. Doing whatever helps you to shift your attention. Bringing your focus inward. Your gaze be soft, or just closing the eyes entirely. And taking a few moments to feel the body sitting. back to the simplicity of sitting and breathing. As you breathe in, feeling the sensations of breathing in. As you breathe out, feeling the sensations of breathing out. invite you to call to mind a time when you experienced some kindness or friendliness from another. Someone smiled, someone called you out of the blue. Maybe the last time you saw an old friend or a a relative. There's just that sense of warmth and delight at seeing one another. One of the strengths of Loving kindness is its ordinariness. So, this doesn't have to be some big, grand feeling. It's just that very simple, basic sense of goodwill. See if you can remember this moment as clearly as possible. Some simple act of kindness or goodwill. Bringing your attention to the center of your chest, the emotional heart center behind the sternum. as you remember this incident, this moment. And you may feel something, you may not, but just resting the attention there. If you like, you can even place one hand there on your heart. So we're finding that thread, that tune of goodwill or kindness in our own life, calling up some memory. And just remembering oh, yes, there's this, there is this experience of being human, of giving and receiving kindness. Invite you to call to mind someone for whom it's easy to feel a sense of warmth and care. Someone who naturally makes you smile. It's usually recommended to choose someone who's alive. So this could be a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, a teacher or mentor. It could be a young child, niece or nephew. It might even be a pet, a dog, a cat. There's just that sense when you think of this person or being of goodwill, of warmth and friendliness. Doesn't have to be the perfect person, just whoever comes to mind. And then see if you can actually visualize that person. Maybe see their face or image in your mind. See their eyes smiling. quality of light on their skin. Maybe they're doing something they enjoy or in a favorite place. If you're not a particularly visual person, if that doesn't connect for you, That's fine. Instead, just get a sense of being with the person. More kinesthetically or emotionally, how does it feel to be around them? And using your imagination that way, focus on the felt sense of being with this person Gently inclining the heart towards kindness. Seeing their image or having a sense of them. And just seeing if you can tune into this intentionality in the heart. of kindness and goodwill flowing from you to them. We may be able to recollect or feel that sense of kindness. Touch into that intention for a moment or even longer. But it's often hard to stay connected to it. So traditionally we use the repetition of simple phrases to remind and guide our attention towards this quality of goodwill and kindness. So I'll offer a few phrases that you can try out. If you have your own, feel free to use yours. So seeing the person in your mind's eye or having a felt sense of them, and then offering the simple wish, may you be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. Be healthy and strong. May you live this life with ease. Again, seeing if you can. Allow your attention to rest at the heart center. And gently, patiently repeating these phrases, offering these wishes from your heart to theirs in a sincere and genuine way, just one phrase at a time. be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. this life with ease. Aiming the mind towards kindness. One moment, one phrase at a time. You may or may not feel anything. What's more important is the quality of sincerity. Just that leaning into the genuineness of the wish. And if the words I've offered don't feel genuine for you, then change them. Find your own words to express this quality of goodwill and care. Keeping the phrases relatively simple and short. Having three or four. Offering them one at a time. Gathering all of your attention around one phrase, sharing it from your heart to theirs, holding their image or the sense of the person, may be safe and protected. may be happy and peaceful may you be healthy and strong may you live this life with ease So we're coming back to the person's image or that sense of being with them. And then aiming the mind, inclining towards that intention of goodwill. Using the phrases as a conduit or a channel for our awareness. So with each phrase, we're lightly guiding the mind, pointing it towards kindness, whether or not you feel anything. be safe and protected may you be deeply happy and peaceful may you be healthy and strong May you live this life with ease. If you like, invite you to shift the focus of your attention and instead of offering these phrases to imagine that this person or being or sending these wishes to you so we're still seeing their image or having the sense of being with them. But instead of the kindness flowing from our heart to theirs, we're letting it flow from them to us. So you might even hear the phrases coming from them. Receiving each one and taking it in may be safe and protected, happy and peaceful, healthy and strong. May live with ease. See their eyes wishing you well, or feel their goodness wishing you well, and just allowing yourself to receive. That care and warmth If you like, you can even begin to offer these phrases to yourself. May I be safe and protected. May I be happy and peaceful, healthy and strong. May I live with ease or you can continue to receive them from this other person. And last, offering this wish to everyone here together today. Just sending it out in your heart. Realizing that even as you offer the sincere intention of kindness to others, so too are they offering it to you. So one of the one of the great insights of uh, the Buddhist tradition that makes this practice possible is that each of these Brahmaviharas, kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity, that that they're not just a feeling. the feelings and emotions are ephemeral and often dependent on a lot of conditions that are outside of our control. But that each of these is actually a capacity, a, a skill, almost, and an intention that we can strengthen and cultivate through this very simple, patient, steady repetition of just coming back one moment at a time to this orientation. And for loving kindness, it's that orientation of goodwill, of just this basic gesture of care, of, oh, may you be well. Here, let me get that for you. Just that. So we've, we've spent a number of hours together already and I, I want to leave some space to see if there are any questions about anything that I've shared so far this morning or about the instructions and the practice that we just did. Yeah, and uh, Rochelle will bring you a mic. And maybe if we could have one other volunteer uh, handling the other mic so that we can uh, just... Um, move between them uh, time efficiently, that would be great. Why don't you just go ahead and then I'll repeat it. There you go. Sure. Thank you. Hello. Um, I was wondering if you could speak uh, for a moment on resistance mm-hmm. because I was noticing that, of course, I'd like to send out meta, and it's in my art, mm-hmm. but I was watching some of the resistance come up. Yeah. And the sadness behind some of the resistance. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So, um, and it's Jude. Yeah. Yeah. So, how many people experienced at least some resistance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, so two things. So one. Um, One of the ways these practices actually work uh, is that they reveal their opposite. And it would be lovely if that weren't the case. (laughs) But it's kind of like to really know what kindness is, we have to understand and know what it's not. And so the more we point the mind towards kindness, And in particular, the more more we actually start to touch in to some genuine care, the more clear those spaces in our own heart and mind that are not kind uh, become apparent, kind of like through contrast. So one thing is to just to recognize and understand that that's part of the practice. These, these qualities are also, um, and I'll, I'll come to the, the part about resistance, but these qualities are defined by what they're not sometimes. So um, the quality of metta, of, of loving kindness, is sometimes just defined as the absence of ill will. And there's a certain, there's actually a teaching in that. Which is that, on the one hand, when there's no ill will or hostility in the heart, then its natural response is kindness. So, from one perspective, our work is actually just to notice the blockages. And, and to, uh, to disengage the attention from them we don't we don't actually have to make them go away but to just stop feeding them to stop dwelling in you know aversion and ill will or hostility or all of those kinds of resentment those places we tend to get caught up the less the less time we spend there the more and eventually with insight the more we start to actually uh, remove the foundations upon which those are resting, then the heart naturally responds with kindness. So how to, how to work with that resistance when it comes up? So there are um, there are two or three basic ways to work with what we might call resistance in all of these different practices that we'll be doing this weekend resistance meaning I'm bored, I'm sleepy, I don't want to do this. Uh, um, I have too much pain in my life, I can't send goodwill. I you know whatever it is that comes up. okay. So one is to as much as and this is the, this is the primary go-to method. This is your first kind of line of defense. One, acknowledge it. And come back to the phrases. That's number one. Whenever possible, whatever comes up. Oh God, I forgot to do that thing. I have to go to. Oh, thank you. Later. Come back to the phrases. Yeah, but there was that one time when they really screwed me over. Yeah, thank you. Come back to the phrases. So that's, that's, that's um, whenever possible, just gently let go and come back. Okay. Sometimes it doesn't work. The next response, generally, is to, then, is to actually turn towards whatever that resistance or difficulty is, whatever is coming up, and to offer kindness to that. So instead of offering kindness to this person, we stay with the kindness, but now we're offering kindness to this sadness, or this memory, or whatever it is. As we go through the weekend, you'll start to have other tools. Sometimes it might be shifting to compassion practice. Some, some painful thing comes up. Oh, okay, may I have tenderness for this? May I find ease and peace with this pain? And just shifting, shifting the, the orientation to compassion. So it's directing the kindness to that very resistance, or if it's appropriate, to shift to a different flavor of the heart to meet what's happening. So that's the second kind of option. The third option is if neither of those you've you've tried and you're staying with it and it's really still just like a struggle or it's just so overbearing, it's not really, you can't find a way of relating with kindness and compassion. And the third option is to switch to mindfulness practice. Put the phrases down, come back to your body, Come back to your breath. And then use the tools of mindfulness to be with that situation of pain or sadness. Feel the sadness. Notice the story. Calm it. Stay with it. Okay? You're welcome. Thank you, Jude. Other questions or comments? Yeah. And uh, remind me of your name. Margaret. Sorry, Margaret Margaret yeah Um so I was working with one person that I'm very close to mm-hmm. and I could feel that that he couldn't receive mm-hmm. so the resistance was on the other he, he could or could not He could not receive okay. Uh-huh Yeah at this moment could not receive the uh-huh. kindness Yeah so um, so two things. So one, or a few things. Um, so this practice is about transforming our own heart, not about transforming other people. And so uh, it doesn't matter so much what's on the other side. That's the first thing. Uh, two, um, remember that the, the central kind of principle of all of these practices and the central principle around developing resilience in general is to start where it's easy. We build on our strengths. Um, if you look at um, just the health of, uh, of an organism or the health of an ecosystem, um, the strengthening the, uh, the baseline is what's most important. You know, the, it's like the health of our immune system is uh, uh, one of the main ways to address the physical well-being of the body more than, you know, uh, that's what's going to give us the most chance at responding to uh, stressors or pathogens. So um, so all of this is to say, um, choose someone where it's easiest. So it might be easy for you to feel warmth for this person, but if it comes with that sense of uh, they're in a lot of pain, and then that brings up pain in you, then maybe it's not the right person to start with. You want to f- start with someone where it-, it flows as easily as possible. Okay, so that's, the sec- that's, that's another way to look at it, is to see, well, maybe there's someone else I could start with that would be easier. Okay, because it sounds like this person is maybe a really good person to do compassion practice for. Okay, the third option, if you're like, no, no, this is the person, it's really easy for me to feel kindness for this person, and I really want to start here, then imagine that they could receive it. Just, just imagine that their heart were open and there were no barriers and they could let it in and just have that be the, the space that you're creating in your mind. Okay, yeah, great. One of the things I love about these practices is that we get to be creative. It's not like a mindfulness practice where we're just being with what is. It's actually a practice of generating something and we can use our imagination and creativity to support the cultivation of these qualities. You know, so you you might and we'll do different ways, you know, you might picture that you're sitting in a field and it's beautiful and the sun is shining and you're surrounded by you don't we don't have to picture that because we're here at Spirit Rump, <laughs> you know, but you might imagine that you're in your favorite place of childhood, you know, and uh and just just as a way of stimulating the the kind of states we're trying to create, yeah, Mick. will you get a mic over to Mick, please? Um, she had a question. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you had it, please. and then, and then Mick. Um, yeah, so Chelsea, I don't think her mic is on. Uh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks. Uh, so I'm Chelsea. I was wondering if you can talk briefly about the connections between these specific techniques, like loving kindness, compassion, to the theme, which is resilience and yes. finding home. Yes. So if like resilience is what you talked about, capacity for change, uh, the ability for you to bounce back, yeah. is practicing the, these techniques increase that capacity? Yeah. Uh, or let you bounce back quicker and right. why loving, kind, sure. not like gratitude great. or mindfulness. Right, great, thank you. Um, larger topic, I'll say more about it this afternoon. Yeah, so maybe just last last comment from Mick and then we'll close for the morning. I was just wondering if you could repeat the phrases. Yes. Um, so that that's a perfect segue. So... Um, On your way out, uh, on those two red chairs by the doors, are some handouts. And um, one handout is uh, uh, a couple of pages of different chants that we'll explore this weekend, which is another way to cultivate these qualities. Um, And then the other handout is... uh, um, uh, a summary of the practice for each of the qualities we'll be exploring, and on the on the first page for loving kindness are the phrases that I used, and a number of other suggestions. So you can uh, you can look at those and explore what phrases work for you. Okay, so just a few pointers for our lunch break, and when we come back, Chelsea, I'll I'll address your question more more thoroughly. Yeah, or I'll address it. Period. I didn't really address it at all. Uh, So we'll take an hour, it's 12.30, we'll come back at 1.30. Um, Stay with this theme of kindness. So if you like, you could uh, continue to explore what it's like to just keep this little um, uh, kind of playlist of phrases going in the background in your head you know maybe just for yourself as you're walking through or just choose one or two phrases that you like and then if you know you notice someone else you just silently send it to them or you could just stay with that kind of intentionality of kindness without the phrases you know so just like as you as you walk out just having a feeling of kindness towards yourself or towards your body or towards others and just trying to to have that be the focus of your attention in everything that you do for the next hour um, I also invite you to uh, come back to this, this theme of exploring um, what, what's, what's needed for you. How can you take care of yourself, which is about the cultivation of resilience, of having a sense of knowing, uh, knowing what's needed to support a balance and well-being in ourself. So is it it taking a walk? Um, Is it taking a nap? Is it doing some stretching? So really listening to yourself for what's needed. Along those same lines, some of you may choose to stay in silence and to be more inwardly focused during the next hour. Some of you may want to chat with someone that you came with or to, you know, meet You've met someone here. You want to have lunch and uh, get to know one another. That's fine. That's welcome. But again, just to listen for what feels authentic for you, you know. And if you're wanting to stay more quiet, and someone approaches you to say, "Hey, would you like to have lunch together?" It's it's fine to say no. <laughs> and you don't need to take it personally. Or it's fine to just kind of. They don't want to speak. Just put your hands together like this, and you know, just kind of bow. And that's just a, a way of signaling, uh, you know, that we can support one another in uh, the retreat um, by uh, giving one another that that space to be with ourselves. So, any any last questions about the break? Great. So make sure you pick up. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, does anyone know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, fine to eat in here. We have the, all, the, all of the grounds and the building up to the wooden gate. Don't go past the wooden gate because of the retreat. Great. Okay, great. Great. All right, so we'll take a break and meet again at 1.30. Could I meet with the volunteers for like one minute right now?